Welcome today. We made it through this book. Here is Dr. Ruth with the conclusion of this phenomenal teaching from God to Moses and to us. Welcome. This is Dr. Ruth. We have come to the conclusion of the book of Deuteronomy. Boy, I have learned a lot and I hope you have learned a lot as well from the Lord because the teachings in this book are very practical and straightforward and still extremely applicable today in our relationship with God through Christ. So I will go over the major principles and application in this conclusion session. But before I get to the major principles, let us go over a few introductory statements. If you recall, like I said at the beginning, the word Deuteronomy means the second law or the restating of the law. And I said throughout how Moses had to restate or reteach or expound on this law to the second generation Israelites right before their entrance into the promised land. Because the first generation Israelites had all died in the wilderness due to their disobedience to the Lord. We talked about that in the book of Numbers. For those of you who have listened to the book of Numbers, you are quite aware about the disobedience of the first generation Israelites and how the Lord pronounced a final judgment and they all died. So in this book of Deuteronomy, Moses was restating the law to the second generation Israelites before they get into the promised land. And throughout the scripture, the promised land is described as a land flowing with milk and honey. I talked about that, which symbolized God's favor, his blessings and presence among the Israelites. Okay, so why did Moses have to restate this law? For two major reasons. Number one, you have to remember that the book of Deuteronomy can be viewed as a covenant or a treaty. And I talked about the fact that in a covenant, two parties have to mutually agree on the terms and condition or conditions of the covenant. So the book of Deuteronomy was like a covenant between God, the true living God, and the nation of Israel. And in order for the covenant or any covenant whatsoever to come into full manifestation, both parties must meet their end of the bargain. Both parties must participate fully and truthfully. So, because this was a covenant, Moses restated the law, thereby instructing the nation of Israel, teaching them how and why they should keep their end of the bargain. He instructed them 
about how they have to stay faithful to the laws of God and how they had to obey God in order for them to inherit the promise of God in the promised land. And this is still applicable to us today in our relationship with the Lord in order for us to experience the fullness of God's blessings through Christ, we have to keep our end of the bargain, i.e. we have to stay faithful to the laws of God through our obedience. We have to obey God and be faithful in our relationship with him if we want to inherit God's promises, his blessings to us, which are all laid out throughout the entire Bible, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, which is God's will for us, his children. So faithfulness from us and obedience from us are still the key requirement for us to walk in God's best in this world. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. I'm trusting God you are doing great today. And I thank you for joining me today as we continue to study the Word of God real quick. I just want to say, for those of you who have been listening to me for some time, I am trusting God you have been growing in His Word, you have been blessed. And if you are listening to me for the first time, welcome. And I trust God that you will be blessed, 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 because the Word of God never returns void. Friends, here's the situation. As you have been blessed by these teachings, did you know that the Word of God teaches that as you bless us back with your financial giving, God himself will be certain to bless you back abundantly, exceedingly? I'm sure you know this, right? But let me just share with you the words of Jesus Christ, our Messiah, out of the Gospel of Luke 6, 38, out of the NIV. It teaches, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In context that the Lord Jesus is saying, as you give into his work, God will be certain to give it back to you abundantly, exceedingly. So friend, I just ask you to open your hearts to bless us with a one-time donation so we can put it right back into this uh, podcast uh, ministry and pay for studio time to produce more teachings that are blessing you and will bless many, many others. Remember, give and it shall be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over will be poured into your lap. As you give into God's work, God will give it back to you abundantly and exceedingly. Most importantly, you will be helping us to transform lives. So here are three ways you can give. Visit our safe and secure website, drruthtanyarg slash donate, and make a one-time donation right there. Whatever amount the Lord puts into your heart, we receive that. So uh, all you need is an internet access. You can do this anywhere in the world. DrRuthTanyu.org slash donate. And if you live here in the USA, we also receive donations through Cash App. And the name there is the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyu. Again, for Cash App, 
the dollar sign Dr. Ruth Tanyi. And also, if you live here in the USA, you can uh, send uh, your donation through Zelle. And here is a telephone number for Zelle. 909-501-9031. Again, that telephone number is 909-501-9031. And from the bottom of our heart here at the ministry, we say thank you. And most importantly, God says thank you for your generous love donation into his work so we can produce more programs to reach out to many, many others. And as I have read out of Luke 638, God is faithful. God will bless you back abundantly exceedingly until it overflows so friend we thank you for your donation today and uh, here is the teaching so with that brief introduction let us get right away into the major principles out of the book of Deuteronomy these are principles I had already discussed throughout the various chapters so what I am about to do here is to touch on them briefly okay there are several several principles dozens but i am only going to discuss 12 major ones not to say that the other ones are not important they are all important because obviously i discussed them but what are the major principles we have learned from the book of deuteronomy number one god's faithfulness we learned how God stayed faithful to the nation of Israel in spite of their rejection of him, in spite of their gross disobedience. They were a bunch of stiff-necked people, but God in his nature of faithfulness stayed consistent in his relationship and faithfulness towards them. Because God had made a promise to their ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in spite of the fact that the nation of Israel rejected God, God stayed faithful to that promise. So we learned and we are learning that we serve a God who is faithful and consistent. And we also learned in Deuteronomy chapter 32 that God asked Moses to write a song. And we went over that song. And that song was like a prophecy that the Israelites would reject God, but God would still be there for them. Boy, how faithful is the God we serve. So that is one of the major principles and the nature of God, which we learned from this book of Deuteronomy, and that is still the same. God is still faithful to his promises to us today. Second major principle, we learned God's justice. God is love. God is compassionate. God is 100% holy and righteous. Sin cannot and will not and will never abide in the presence of God. So in God's holiness and in his love, sin has to be punished. And we learned how God would use the nation of Israel as an instrument 
of judgment against the pagan nations in the promised land that had already rejected him. And for those of you who have listened to my teach in the book of Deuteronomy, I talked about how, I mean, sorry, who have listened to my teaching in the book of Genesis, rather, I talked about the fact that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 16, the Lord even gave the Amorites, all of this pagan nation, about 400 years to repent, to turn away from their wickedness, yet they refused to repent. They rejected God. God gave them a long, long time, 400 years, and they would not repent. They were demon-possessed. These pagan nations were bent on practicing their child sacrifice, demonology. They just were possessed by the devil, and God had to punish them in his justice. So the nation of Israel was his instrument of judgment. We talked about that. We also learned about God's justice, even in the life of Moses, his beloved servant. Moses disobeyed God. We talked about that in the book of Numbers because he struck the rock instead of speaking to the rock. So God's justice befell him. God would not allow him to get into the promised land. So that is another nature of God we learned. God is just. And this is still applicable today. God is patient. God is long-suffering. It is not God's will for anyone to reject him and to go to hell. But people do that all the time. All wickedness, all demon practice, all sin will be judged by God in his justice. And Second Peter 3.9 teaches us God is patient and long-suffering, wanting for none to perish, but for all to inherit eternal life, obviously through Christ Jesus. Yet people are still practicing sin, wickedness, demon, demonic, evil practices today, and God is still wanting them to repent. But if they reject God and die, they will send themselves to hell, which is not God's will for them. So God's nature of justice, as highlighted here in the book of Deuteronomy, is still in operation and applicable today. We go to the third major principle, God's mercy. Okay, God is compassionate. God is love. We learned that in the book of Deuteronomy, obviously, God raised a second generation Israelites to go possess the promised land. And God spared the life of Moses. God did not strike him dead. God allowed Moses to climb up into the mountain in a perfect view to take a look at the promised land, even though Moses was not allowed to get in there. That is God's mercy right there. And even the fact that God is patient with unbelievers today, that is his mercy 
Okay, we learned that. We come to the fourth major principle, free will. Boy, if there is one book in the Bible that highlights over and over the notion of free will, it is the book of Deuteronomy. I have said this over and over. This is a consistent doctrine or teaching across the entire Bible from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. God has given mankind a free will to choose life or death. God created us, mankind, in his image and gave us a choice. Okay? God is love. And in the presence of love, people must be given a choice. So God has given us a choice to love him back in our free will or reject him. God did not create us as robots that he can toss here and there at his wimp. That won't be love. Okay, because God is love, he has given us a free will. And the book of Deuteronomy highlights this from chapter to chapter. And specifically in chapter 30, verse 19, as Moses was instructing the nation of Israel and us, okay, Moses said, as inspired by God, that we should choose life and not death. So we and our descendants can live. It is God's will that we choose life and have a relationship with him through Christ. This has not changed. God is not the author of death. It is Satan. God is the author of life. And this book really highlights that. So we as believers, Christians, we have a free will even when we become followers of Jesus Christ. We have a free will to walk in obedience and then inherit all of God's promises and blessings. Or we have the free will to disobey God and then suffer the consequences, which means that we would just open the door for the enemy to come into our life and attack us and devour us. I talked about that over and over. Obviously, for the unbeliever, they have a free will to reject God's best gift for mankind, Jesus Christ, and then send themselves to hell, or they have the free will to accept Jesus Christ and have life. So this notion of free will is a, is a running thread. It's a consistent theme across the Bible for the believer and unbeliever. Okay, we go to the major principle Number five, obedience. This is obvious. This is a big one and it's still a big one. Obedience towards God fosters his blessings and his presence in our life. When we walk in obedience, we align ourselves to receive God's promises. And Moses really every chapter in the book of Deuteronomy talked about obeying the Lord, obeying the Lord in order to inherit the promise. So even though God had promised the nation of Israel the promised land, they still, they still had to walk in obedience to inherit it. That has not changed, like I have been saying. We still have to obey God. So obedience is a major theme across the Bible. You can say you love God. But if you don't obey him, then the Bible will prove you as a liar. 
Okay, the book of James even teaches us that even your enemy, Satan, he knows there is a God. And I bet you, he knows the word of God. He just don't obey. So obedience is the cardinal way that we as children of God can tell God and show the world that we truly love God. That principle was highlighted across every chapter here in the book of Deuteronomy. We come to principle number six, disobedience. This is obvious, right? If you disobey God, you just open the door for the enemy to devour you. Moses told the Israelites how if they disobey God, they would bring curses and death upon themselves. And this is still applicable today. Even as Christians, when we disobey God, we would not inherit the promise. And God in his love would discipline us. So disobedience is not God's will for us. And disobedience always, always lead to major, major consequences. And we learned that here in the book of Deuteronomy. We go to major principle number seven that we learned from this powerful book. That is God's provision for the poor. Oh boy. God's heart for the poor and the underprivileged. This book of Deuteronomy really highlighted that as God gave Moses specific instructions to tell the Israelites to make provisions for the poor, for the foreigner, for the widow among them. That has not changed. We still have that commission from God as a body of Christ to help the poor and the underprivileged in society today. And we also learned about God's protection for the innocent. Moses talked about the cities of refuge for those who were falsely accused of murder to run there and seek protection. protection. Today, God is still protecting those who are falsely accused in society. God is so consistent. Don't you just love that? What a lesson we are learning here about the God of the Bible, a God of love, compassion, faithfulness, protection, provision, glory to God. Okay, we come to major principle number eight. Prosperity has the potential to lead people astray. Moses taught this to the nation of Israel, how when they get into the promised land, they should not forget how they got there. So applicable to us today, when God answers that prayer, <laughs> When God brings home that wayward child, when God aligns us with that godly friend or godly friends, we should not forget God. When God prospers our business and prospers every area in our lives, we should never forget God. And we are told in Deuteronomy 8.18 that it is God who gives us the strength and ability to produce wealth. So when we are overflowing in wealth and prosperity, we should never forget God. Major principle. Number nine, God is involved in the daily affairs in our lives. Moses really talked about this when he instructed the Israelites about the various laws, clean and unclean. He instructed them 
about how to appoint leaders, godly leaders, godly kings, godly judges. He gave them specific instructions how to celebrate the various festivals. All of these are showing that God wants to be a part of our daily lives, and that has not changed. So we should make it a daily endeavor to invite God into our daily activities because he wants to be involved. We come to major principle number 10. This is a big one. This book of Deuteronomy highlighted the importance of God's word. Moses explained and explained and explained to the nation of Israel how they should not forget the laws of God, i.e. his decrees. He explained how they should teach their, their children and their great-great-grandchildren, how they should write the word of God in tassels, how they should uh, plaster it across their homes, Moses gave specific instructions how the word of God should be given to the kings so they have access to it. That way they can rule the country in a godly manner. And we learned how the word of God was written in tablets of stones. And Moses talked about how the word of God should be read publicly. All of, all of these were highlighting the significance or are highlighting the significance of having the word of God in the forefront of your mind. Because the key to knowing God is knowing his word. God has revealed himself to us in his word. We cannot know the true God of the Bible apart from knowing him through his word. That is a primary way that we can know God through his revealed word. Okay, and the book of Hebrews chapter 1 teaches us how in the past God spoke through the prophets, but today God has spoken to us through Jesus Christ. And we have the Holy Spirit that can reveal more of the word of God, give us direction and decode the word of God and, and illuminate scripture to us because you cannot know God apart from his word. For Jesus Christ is the word of God that was made life that became mankind, that dwelt among mankind. So to know God, you must know his word. We come to the 11th major principle here, and that is highlighted in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. We learned about monotheism. As true Christians, we practice monotheism, which is the worship of one God. We serve one God in three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, and we come to the last major principle here in the book of Deuteronomy. Boy, this is a big one. How can we please God? Moses explained this in Deuteronomy chapter 11 that 
We know God through his word. God has revealed himself to us through his word. So what do we have to do? We have to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. We have to obey God and we have to serve God. So if you are ever wondering, what does God expect of me? Those three things. Love him, obey him, and serve him. That is the key to the Christian life, to love God, to obey him, and to serve him. So that brings us to the conclusion of the 12 major principles out of the book of Deuteronomy. So the major application, I have already discussed the application throughout, but again, the major application out of this book, love God with all of your heart, <laughs> with all of your strength, with all of your soul, with all of your might. Just love God with everything you have. Obey God because it is through loving God that you can show the world that you obey God. And as you obey God, you show the world that you love God. So they are so interwoven. And then you serve him. Because when you love God, when you love somebody, you want to spend more time with them. You want to obey them and you want to serve them. That is the major application here out of the book of Deuteronomy. Just love God, obey God, and serve him. That is all God expects from us. And God is so faithful, he will meet his end of the bargain always. In the same way, he provided for the nation of Israel, even though they were stiff-necked people. In the same way, he was consistent with his promise, leading them into the promised land. God is doing the same in our lives today. God is so faithful. He wants to bless us abundantly, exceedingly, but we have to meet our end of the bargain, obey him, love him, serve him. That is not too much to ask. That is not too much to ask. And some of you may say, well, how do I love God? You just practice what he teaches. You just practice what he says in the Bible. By doing that, you would be obeying him and you serve him. You go to your local church. You volunteer to serve the Lord. Okay, as an usher, you do some cleaning there. Whatever positions they have, volunteer. In, in other Christ-centered ministries, volunteer to serve the Lord. Serve the poor in your community. Share the gospel, share your love of Christ with your neighbor, help a stranger, tell others about God, live the lifestyle, be kind, be compassionate, be forgiving to people. Those are all ways that you are telling the world that you love God and you are serving God. Okay, so those are the major principles and applications we have learned from the book of Deuteronomy and because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, these principles are still applicable today. In Jesus' name, I hope you received that. So if you have been listening to me for the very first time, I am so glad you are listening. And if you don't know this loving, compassionate, forgiving, faithful God of the Bible, you can know God today. God is alive. He is a faithful, 
loving God. But in order for you to know this God, there is one condition. You can only know this God through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus Christ was and is God himself. Before Jesus Christ became a man, he was God. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ has always existed. Jesus Christ loves you. We are told out of John 3, 16 that for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I am paraphrasing that scripture out of John 3, 16. It is God's will for you to choose life. It is God's will for you not to send yourself to hell. God created hell for Satan and his angels, not for you. God says, today, you choose life or death, but choose life so you may prosper. Jesus Christ will give you life. The Bible tells us that Jesus Christ fulfilled all of God's laws perfectly. Jesus Christ is the only human being in the history of the world who lived a sinless life. He was the only begotten son of God. He came into this world and became a human being supernaturally like you and myself and died on that cross for your sins. He died in your place so he could give you life. Jesus Christ died and through his death, and resurrection he has overcome the fear of death he has demolished and crushed satan he has paved the way for you to have a direct relationship with god the father but you must accept jesus christ's death burial and resurrection you must choose life there is no other name given unto mankind that salvation must come through except jesus christ we are told that out of acts chapter 4 verse 12, because Jesus Christ is the only person who claimed to be God and he backed it up 100% with verifiable evidence. He was raised from the death. He fulfilled all of the prophecies of the Messiah. He healed countless people. He raised people from the dead. He forgave people's sins and he is still forgiving sins today. He died on that cross for you. Do you believe these things. Do you believe that Jesus Christ was and is the Messiah, the anointed one, the savior of the world? The Bible says, if you believe that in your heart and you confess what you believe in your heart, then you invite Jesus Christ into your life. He will accept and come into your life in the form of his spirit and change you. So if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He died for your sins and on the third day God the Father raised him from the dead and he is alive today seated at the right hand of God interceding 
on behalf of his followers, if you believe that, and you acknowledge that, you invite Jesus Christ into your life, your life will be changed instantly. Do you believe these things? Are you ready to invite Jesus Christ into your life? Remember, God says, choose life so you can live. If you are ready, it's simple. You do not have to earn it. You do not have to deserve it. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. He has paid for your sins. It is finished. You just have to believe and receive. If you are ready and you are home, you can simply go on your knees or if you are driving, keep driving, keep your eyes opened, or if you want, you can pull over and just say this simple prayer with me if you need help. Just say, Dear God, I acknowledge I am a sinner. Forgive me for all of my sins. I believe in my heart Jesus Christ died for me. And you raised him from the dead on the third day. I believe Jesus Christ was and is God. And he is alive today. Forgive me for not acknowledging this before. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my life right now and change me. By faith, I believe you have accepted me. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you said that prayer, I want to pray right now for the Holy Spirit to fill you. You have to receive it by faith. It's a simple prayer. It has to come from your heart. Just say, dear God, I ask you to fill me right now with your Holy Spirit so I can be strengthened and I can be taught how to live as a follower of Jesus Christ. By faith, I believe. I am filled by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, based on the authority of the Word of God, I declare you a Christian. Welcome into the kingdom of light. And according to the Bible, in Ephesians 1, 13, you have been instantly sealed by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus tells us, out of the Gospel of John, chapter 10, that, that no one will ever snatch you from his hand. So your eternity is secured in Christ. Glory to God. You are a brand new child. What needs to happen next is that you need to find a church where God is elevated and the Bible is used as the main authority to teach the word of God. Jesus Christ is exalted. You find a church like that, you attend regularly, become a member, plug yourself into a ministry 
in a church like that and fellowship with other believers and just trust God with your life and he will change you moment by moment and take you places you would never imagine and open doors that you could never open on your own effort. And please, would you contact us so we can send you some more resources to help you grow in your journey as a Christian? Please, you can go on our website, drruthtanyi.org, and contact us so we can send you some more resources. And if you are interested, let us know. You can sign up to attend one of our Bible studies so we can help you to grow. Welcome into God's kingdom. And I pray for all of the listeners today. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to your throne. I just thank you for all of the listeners today. By faith, I believe you are going before them. You are opening divine doors on their behalf. Your protection goes before them. Your favor and your love is their portion. They are shining today. They are bringing your light into this dark world. Father God, I thank you for all the listeners today. And by faith... I have prayed in the name of Jesus. And by faith, I believe this prayer is answered. And everybody says, Amen. We pray that God will continue to guide you daily as you apply these principles into your life. Goodbye.